This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Rich Jones. Okay, Rich Jones, he is stuck in corporate. He wants to break free. He's binging on the show. For your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday morning, simply subscribe to the podcast right now on iTunes and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Guys, if you want an easy tool to use to book your meetings back to back, to batch your calls, to make sure people actually show up when they schedule, you want to use Acuity Scheduling. It's what I use for my podcast interviews at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. I'll tell you more about how I use it later on in the episode. Nathan Latka here. This is episode 505. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Alan Willie. His company Clipfolio has raised $7.9 million, just past 7,000 customers to help you build a smarter business dashboard. What's up, guys? Nathan Latka here. Our guest today is Johnny Rinch, and he is the founder of Quill, which provides instant pay for the growing freelancer segment of the workforce. Uh, he's co-founder and CEO, also a cryptocurrency nerd, uh, and this is big, recovering M&A attorney. He's like on the good side now. So let's, let's talk to Johnny. Johnny, are you ready to take us to the top? <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. First off, I mean, I shouldn't have to ask this question. I think it's obvious, but why get out of the M&A attorney stuff and into your own startup? Um, I mean, it, it was actually a, a pretty simple decision. I got sort of tired of uh, just making extremely rich people even richer by doing their M&A deals um, and figured that there was something better out there. Um, as soon as I had the opportunity to jump into the cryptocurrency space and uh, really go deep on that. It, it was kind of a no brainer. So, so what was that by the way? Cause I don't, Quill isn't cryptocurrency, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, now I worked at a high security Bitcoin storage company. Um, and it, the really interesting aspect of working at a cryptocurrency company was sort of getting into the fundamentals of what money is. Um, and took me down, you know, a, a massive rabbit hole on, uh, all things payment related and, really brought to light the various pain points that right now I'm solving with Quill. So what does Quill do and how do you generate revenue? Sure. Um, we very simply uh, solve one of the main pain points that freelancers have, and that's uh, everything related to collections and just getting paid for the work that they've already performed. Um, we work with freelancers all across the skill spectrum of um, delivery and last mile to software engineering and web development. And the number one problem they have is simply just getting paid when they're done with their work. Um, we make earnings available for them as soon as they've completed their work. And we do it at a very, very low price point, a flat fee that is typically competitive with uh, even the, the, the charges that Visa or MasterCard would charge for processing a payment over um, with a credit card. So what, what is your model? Is it SaaS or is it more marketplace or pay as you go? Um, it's, it's all transactional. So the service is available for any independent contractor or freelancer that, um, that has an account with us. And literally we just make their earnings available as they're there. So if somebody is waiting 30 days, um, <clears throat> and they would prefer not to wait, uh, 
those earnings are just sitting in the Quill app waiting for you if you want them. And if you don't, that's cool too. So it's all a transactional based model. Okay. And, and what year did you found the business in? Uh, we started full time on the business about a year ago. Um, I would say last summer of okay. 2015. Yeah. And what was, I'm sure this will be embarrassing because it was your first year, but what was your first year total transaction volume? <laughs> um, is that the Let's right question, see. by the way? That's what you care about, right? That's your key number? Um, I think the metric that matters most is uh, more the advance rate. But um, I would say transaction volume uh, is in low seven figures for, for the first year. Okay, so um, not a million. So that's a little misleading because we haven't been live for that whole year. So that's actually transaction volume over the course of a few months. Yep, yep. Cool, makes sense. And then uh, what are you guys on track to do in transaction volume here in 2016? Um, sky's the limit. I mean, it's growing much faster than we had anticipated, um, which is a very good problem to have. Uh, we've been very well supported by, uh, you know, equity and debt investors in order to facilitate. How much total? Um, and funding. As far as in funding. Uh, we're not disclosing our round right now, but it's, uh, we've been very fortunate as well. Oh, so, so, so the round's not closed. No, we have closed the round. Well, so you um, had to file a form, a form D to do that, right? I mean, so it's public. You're going to make me do all the work and look it up? <laughs> if you can find it. Yeah, well, it's public. How would that not be public? You have to file the SEC, a form D. So Crunchbase says you raised $125,000 in four rounds from three investors. Is that accurate? Depends how you're, how you're issuing equity uh, or if you're issuing equity. So, well, educate us because you know something I don't. If there's a way that you can do this without filing a form D. Was it a convertible note or an equity round? We used a convertible note. Okay, like a safe? Um, similar, but a little bit different. How'd you edit it? You, you see, you're, you're, I'm asking these questions because I know you have experience here because you come from an M&A side. So you've seen these in companies that you've probably tried to acquire, which means you're onto something creative here that you're not disclosing. I'm going to beat the hell out. I, I want to get it. What I know. is it? The only point is that uh, we're just not disclosing our round at the moment, but we plan to um, in the, the coming months or so. So it's so. not closed. Um, because, no, it, because it has we, to be disclosed, right? Like you have to file within 15 days with, with the SEC after you've closed around. Like that's right. Am I wrong? You're making faces, which means I'm wrong. Where am I wrong? Um, <laughs> you know, no, about, you know more about corporate stuff than I do. So, do you not have to file with the SEC? How, how can you, I mean, this is valuable. If there's a way to raise capital without having to file, I, we, well, we want to know about it. Oh, we haven't issued any equity, so we wouldn't have to file anything. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So there's not, it hasn't, nothing's closed yet. It's not announced. We have not announced it. That's yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to figure, there's a nugget there. So you've closed it, but you haven't announced it. I'm wondering if there's some new law that I don't know about that my audience can take advantage of. No, there's no new, new law that I'm aware of. Um, we've, we've used you know, uh, a very standard structure. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Good. Um, so going back to the question. So in, in 20, uh, not the funding question, the one before that. So in, in 2016, what do you guys think you'll do in total transaction volume? Um, we should be pushing, uh, you know, eight figures, I would imagine. But okay. So, so yeah, I mean, it's November now, so you have a good guess of what it'll be. So we'll say somewhere around, around 10 million ish, but, but these are not the important numbers. You said that you used a different term, which I haven't heard before. You said, was it push through rate? Um, well, so it's the difference between like, so if you were thinking of, uh, a company in terms of GMV, we have a similar metric. What, what is GMV? 
that's just like total amounts that are processed through uh, our platform versus amounts that are taken as advances. So think about that as like the total amounts that we could make available versus the total amounts that we actually have advanced. Um, and that's actionable uh, versus what has been actioned upon. So let me, let me actually tell a story around this and you tell me if the story is accurate. I use Quill to capture my payments. Um, I have $5,000 in my Quill account. I have not clicked a button that says transfer to my bank yet. So mm -hmm. you have 5,000 that you could advance, but you haven't. And then the number that would be the quote push through is if I say deposit two grand of this five to my bank account, that two grand now becomes pushed through. Right. Okay. That's right. And that's the difference between what were the terms you use GMV and what? Well, I wouldn't use GMV. It's just sort of, uh, we call it earnings under management or, or, we use various terms in house, but it's just the top line amount that could be advanced versus what we actually do advance. Okay. Versus actual, why would people not actually advance it? Is it literally just that they haven't logged on or is there any other reason they'd leave it with Quill? Um, I mean, some people don't need the cash or they would prefer to wait and, you know, not pay the fee that we charge. Uh, we find that somewhere between oh. 25 to 50% of the advances that are offered are taken, uh, for various reasons. Wait, so people actually, they'll do a job and 50, 80 to 50 to 80% of the time, they won't take it out of Quill because they want to avoid the Quill fee? Um, well, it's, it's totally elective, right? So if you want cash now, it's fine. If you want to wait for 30 days, then, then you can do that too. It's oh, totally okay. I, I didn't know that. So if they wait 30 days, they don't have to pay a fee. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Right. I missed that. Oh, so that's very valuable to you guys. You're basically buying, it's like, you're like a bank where you've bought 30 days where you can do all kinds of fun things with that money to earn returns on that too, right? No, we can't do that. Um, there are numerous regulatory reasons why uh, we can't really ever touch that cash. Um, so literally we're just waiting to collect on it. Um, if, if we pay out the advance up front. Um, Oh, so you're taking the risk. You're actually guaranteeing the payment and you're taking, you're like, you're like a sexy like credit card capturing like payment agency, basically. <laughs> well, sexy, yes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me just, you're guaranteed, you're basically saying, Nathan, you gave a statement of work for five grand to this company. You completed it. Here's your file. Show us the signed statement of work and boom, Quill's going to guarantee that five grand. You're then doing all, all the bullshit related to following up with that person 10,000 times to actually get them to pay. Correct. What's yeah. your default rate on that? Um, currently zero. Really? Yeah. But that's also because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we launched the platform fully live very recently. So we're being necessarily conservative about, you know, our underwriting model. Um, so you'll, but, you'll analyze somebody before they sign up and you won't even take them if you think there's a chance of default. We actually don't turn anyone away. It's more of, uh, if we're able to make some of the earnings available in advance or not. Uh, and that, that all happens actually on the spot um, using uh, our credit underwriting algorithm. Oh, this is very interesting. This is really interesting. Um, I like how you're playing with money like this. I mean, you're because I, I deal with all these, you know, old white guys who are bankers and very boring. You think they're going to die at any moment. And they're like, well, we can't loan this one much, much against your AR, right? You're basically saying, we're just going to flip it on its head. Show us what your accounts receivables are. And we'll even advance that to you and help you guarantee and collect it. Yeah. And one of the really awesome things that, that we offer there really is that convenience that you've, you've pointed out. So if, uh, if you or I went to any bank, let's say Wells or B of A or whatever, we could get a factory in line from, from these guys. Uh, but it would, 
be tons and tons of paperwork and uh, lots of time. And frankly, they probably would ultimately just say no or just turn you away at the outset because it would be too expensive for them to underwrite. Um, We've cracked that whole sort of origination and underwriting process to make it really, really cheap and efficient for us to do that for, you know, on the user side and for our, our own benefit. So. Uh, it makes this, the experience much, much better for the independent contractor or freelancer. Okay. And then remind us again, how do you guys make money? There's a fee. What's the fee? Yeah, it's, it's really, we charge a, basically we discount the amount that we're advancing, um, depending on our underwriting. So let's say that, uh, you have a hundred dollars that, uh, you've earned and we think that it should be, uh, there's some risk that we're not going to collect on that. And so we discount it by a dollar and send you $99 and then, Assuming we collect the whole hundred, that dollar is the, the fee that we made. Again, so let's assume that does happen. How do you make money? Let's assume what? Sorry? So you, you said you hold back a dollar initially. Let's then say you actually get the full 100%. You're saying you, you keep right. that dollar. You don't pass that through to, to me. Correct. So I only see now. Okay, I see what you're saying. So it's a success fee, right? There's, that goal is there's no risk for me to use you. Exactly. We'll guarantee a certain amount up front uh, and then it's up to us from there to make sure that we can collect it. So really the question is, you probably have a very sophisticated kind of model of trying to figure out how much risk is associated with a hundred bucks from me versus the other contractor somewhere else. And it's basically, you've got to present in a way to me that gets me to agree to the discounted rate that you're going to front. And that becomes your profit margin basically on every hundred dollars, you know, advanced. Correct. Exactly. Interesting. Very cool. Okay. Tell real quick some rapid fire stuff here because we got wrapped up in some other stuff, but that was a good conversation. Team size. What are you guys at? Um, we're at 13 right now and we have another one coming in uh, at the end of this month. Uh, that's split mostly tech, but um, between G and A and some, uh, some sales folks too. Where we're, based, we're in San Francisco in the, uh, in the Soma area. Okay. Very cool. And what is the, uh, okay. You said San Francisco 13. Um, working on closing around transaction volume. How many, how many unique contracts have used you guys both free and paid? Like uh, you- sure. We're, we're in the thousands on contractors. Okay. Um, and, uh, we work with, um, tens, not quite hundreds, but, uh, of companies and platforms that are sort of paying out these independent contractors. And what's give me an example of one of those companies like authorized.net or Stripe or what? Um, no, I mean, these are like, um, typically the, the best way that our model sort of, Bits is with companies that traditionally employ or use independent contractors as a meaningful part of their business. So you can think about like staffing firms or marketplaces. Uh, those are all sort of great uh, companies for us to, or the like, contractors. Like TopTal or Upwork? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to say whether or not we work with either of those guys. But, they they uh, do. He's but smiling. Those are great, those are great examples. <laughs> all right. Cool. That makes good sense. Um, all right, so thousands of contractors is used, ten to fifty, or tens of, of companies like up the Upworks of the world. He's not confirming or denying that, but somewhere, it, tens of those kinds of companies are using you guys on the other side. Um, any other parts of this business model that I'm missing? Um, I mean, the the broader vision for what we're doing is we're really trying to make the freelancer lifestyle much easier than it currently is, and. Uh, the reason why it's not as easy is there's just a ton of lacking operational and financial infrastructure. We're helping with that financial piece and we'll be rolling out additional products that sort of streamline that side of the freelancer lifestyle. 
How do you like, so I put a lot of my, you know, I'm buying companies right now and I don't want to hire technical co-founders. So I put all of my work through nathanlaka.com forward slash top towel. One of the reasons I do that is because they just make the finance super easy. Like they just have my credit card. It bills it. Like there's no risk of me not paying because they have like my direct bank information, basically. Why would they need you to de-risk that further? Why would TopTal need us? Or, or the, I guess probably you're either working directly with a company like TopTal or the developers that TopTal helps find jobs. Which one is it? Uh, the developers. Okay. Now, now I don't know what that's like because I'm not a developer, but I've hired developers on the other side. If a developer is signing up for a company like TopTal or Upwork, don't those platforms, part of the reason they do that is one, to get more jobs, but also two, because it's easier for people like me to pay them? Um, I mean, the, the risk model is all over the, all over the board. So, uh, I know that companies like staffing agencies or places like Upwork or TopTal, um, they have some very credit worthy payors and they have others that, uh, they have to chase. And so at the end of the day, the independent contractors are removed from that process and in that model in particular. And so the, the service we offer very simply is just we'll guarantee the income, um, and that at the end of the day is addresses that baseline concern that the developer would have. Got it. Very cool. Well, Lars, as you keep, sorry, sorry, John, as you keep building, I'm reading bios as we do this, but where's the best place for folks to connect to you online if they want to follow you as you build this? Sure. Uh, everything's available through quill.co, Q-W-I-L.co. Um, we have a blog up and uh, you can also follow us on social media at, at quill um, on Twitter. All right, guys, I talked about this earlier, but I schedule like so many meetings, it would blow your mind. I mean, all my podcast interviews, right? Hundreds of entrepreneurs I talk to monthly, I schedule. And you know what? I do it so efficiently. I get them all to agree to my calendar. So all the calls are back to back to back. That means I'm not switching in between tasks all day long. I get them to batch so that I can be very efficient. It's so critical. And I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling to do this at nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule. It eliminates the back and forth between me and people I'm trying to meet with. It makes it very simple. And most importantly, they help me keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders. Helps you look very professional. So go to nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule to sign up. And you get a great deal. You know, you guys know this. I hit people hard. I make great deals. And Gavin, the CEO, has given us a great deal. If you sign up like normal people, okay, on their website, you only get a 14-day free trial. If you use my link, nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule you get 45 days free okay it's the best it's free go to nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule right now to sign up and i'll see you there all right top tribe will link to john and those links quill.co at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top five zero five again forward slash the top five oh five all right, John, let's wrap up the famous five. These are quick questions, rapid fire answers. These will be cake compared to what I've already thrown at you. All right. Number one, favorite business book. Favorite business book. Um, uh, let's say zero to one. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Elon Musk. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like TopTal? Um, Probably TopTal, actually. That's oh, nice. Cool. What do you, been, how do you use them? Uh, we have some of our engineering team that are um, TopTal freelancers. And how's that compared to your actual full, you know, the employees you actually hire development team? Well, uh, it's always better to have, uh, in my opinion, you know, every, the team all in one place. 
Um, but TopTal has made it very, very easy for us to scale up and down resources as we need to. So like if I need a sprint with an extra couple hands working on a project, I get a really top-notch engineer very quickly. So yeah. TopTal is phenomenal. That's exactly the way that I use it too. It's like it, it, it shifts employee headcount expenses from fixed to variable. And I don't think that there's anything more valuable to an entrepreneur than that if you care about cash flow. <laughs> yep. Awesome. All right, uh, next question. Yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? No. And what, what's your situation currently? Married, single, you have kids? Uh, married, no kids yet. And how old are you? I'm 32. Okay, so last question, Johnny. Take us back 12 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, but I did not have to go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, go tell your parents. If you're listening right now, high school, thinking about your parents are going to go to law school, you say... Parents, go call Johnny. He said I don't have to go to law school. But there you have it. Johnny's building something special. Recovering corporate M&A guy, now building Quill.co. Has helped thousands of, again, contractors collect their money, approaching eight, or sorry, $10 million in total transaction volume here in 2016 with his team of 13 based in San Francisco. Johnny, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks, man. If you enjoyed Johnny today, go back and listen to Lars yesterday. Lars is the CEO of Mailplane app, which just passed 10,000 customers with the goal of helping you get more out of Gmail. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.